Hey there, this is Dustin McLean. And Allie McLean. And we're pumped that you're joining with us today. And if you're a part of our Purpose Church family, whether in person or online, we'd love to connect with you via social media at ourpurpose.church on all social media outlets. And on our website at www.ourpurpose.church. We can get you plugged into a group, other giving options, and an opportunity to connect with the Purpose family all across Western Kentucky. And we hope today's message encourages you and inspires you. And so let's jump into the message. Come on, one more time. If you love Jesus all across this house, can we make a little bit of noise? Yeah. Then go ahead and have a seat. You can have a seat. Once you high five your neighbor on the way to your seat and say, man, you sounded real good in worship today. Sounded real good in worship today. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm, I'm just so glad that you're here. Welcome to church. And uh, man, I'm just thankful for you. I know there's a lot of things going on that you could be at and in, and I'm just so glad that you're at church today. And so we are finishing up a series called Marked. Somebody one more time, shout Marked. Yeah, so this has been a series I've enjoyed, and I hope you have too. We've been walking through a couple of different things. We've been talking about this guy uh, named Peter, but I, the whole, the, just the whole thesis of this series has been around this idea that you and I, guess what, that God has put a permanent calling on your life, that God has put a, not just a temporary calling or a temporary thing that's on your life. No, no, no. He has put a permanent mark on you of his salvation, if you've accepted him, of his spirit inside of you and his purpose and his calling for you. And so I just have loved talking about this guy named Peter. Can anybody else out there relate with Peter? Come on, somebody, wave at me. I think all of us can. I think there's times in our life, but whether you have been in church or not, you've heard of this guy named Peter, and we've heard about how he followed Jesus. And there's times whenever he was all about Jesus, like he was gung-ho, he was ready, he was all in. And then there's also times where, guess what? He was like, yo, I got to shrink back. I can't do that. There's no way that God could use me. And I think a lot of us can feel that. I think a lot of us have been there before. I think a lot of us can understand that feeling of what Peter would have. And so again, I want to talk about what is happening right here in Matthew chapter 16. Again, this is one of those like verses, uh, again, in the Bible, I think it's just like one of those linchpin verses, right? One of the verses we can hang our hat on, like, man, this is a good verse and we're going to talk about today. And I think it's just important that you take some notes. So I'm going to encourage you. You may not need the notes today. I believe God's going to speak to you today. Uh, but maybe you need them tomorrow or Wednesday. So note takers are history makers, and 95% of people that take notes get into heaven. Come on, somebody. That's a joke. Just so everybody knows it's a joke. It's not the case. It's only Jesus. So, but, but I really think he'll be grateful when you show up with some notes from church, all right? So like, just bring you some notes, write some stuff down, because I think, again, God is going to speak to us today. Is there anybody expecting God to speak when they come to church, right? I'm expecting God to do that today. So I, I'm, I'm excited about this story. We know about kind of what's going on, and if, if you just back up a couple chapters, what you'll begin to find out is that Jesus is doing like incredible miracles. There's all this stuff happening. Jesus has walked on water. Jesus cast out demons in people. Jesus just fed 4,000 people plus all the men and women and children. Like not just not just the feeding of the 5,000. Did you also know that he did it again, right? So like here's my thing for you. If he did it once, guess what? He can do it again, somebody. That God has the ability and the power to be able to do that. But he feeds 4,000 people uh, and the women and children on 
on top of that, and word is spreading about who this guy named Jesus is, right? He's, he's out there, and he gets to this place where it's just him and his disciples, and he asks them, hey, fellas, like, what's the word on the street, right? Like, what's the word? Like, what's going around? What, what are people saying right now about what's happening and what is going on? And this is what they begin to say. They begin to say, okay, hey, listen, everybody thinks you're a real good teacher, right? Everybody thinks you're a prophet. Everybody thinks you've got to kind of got it together. You've got this kind of, uh, man, you're, you're doing a lot of great things. That's kind of the word on the street about you, Jesus. And then Jesus looks at his disciples and says, hey, I want you to answer this question. Again, I think this is the question that God is asking you and I today for us to answer about him. And this is the idea, and it's what Chris do, one of our overseers a few weeks ago, kind of owned in on a little bit, kind of honed in on a little bit, and kind of zeroed in on this idea of who do you say I am? Right? Who do you say that I am? And I think that that is some of the, the, the most important question that you can answer today is who do you say Jesus is? Like who is Jesus to you? Is he just a good teacher? Is he just a good prophet? Was he just a good leader? Was he just, or, or is he what Peter goes on to say? And Peter, come on, loudmouth Peter has a good response to what Jesus is asking right here, right? Loudmouth, like this dude kind of impulsive. He responds to Jesus' question with a powerful confession of faith, right? It's not that Jesus, you're not just a good teacher. You're not even a prophet. No, no, no. You're the ones that the prophet's been speaking about. You're the one that everybody's been talking about. You are the Messiah. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And so I want us to take some notes today. I think there's four things that we can learn, not just from this story, but from Peter's life in general, using this as a basis of where we're going. When it comes to this idea of rock, right, this idea that literally Jesus is saying, I'm going to build my church on that statement right there, Peter. So the very first thing I want you to write down is when you're marked, realize that Jesus is the most important foundation, right? We just got done singing about it just a second ago, right? Christ is my firm foundation. I, I want you to understand that Jesus is the most important foundation. This kind of goes off of what we were talking about last week a little bit when the fact that we got to recognize who Jesus is, that you got to realize that Jesus is the most important foundation. I don't know about you, but foundations aren't very seen very often, Right? They're, they're, they're kind of below the surface. There's things that you don't even, like, like what happens is, is that you don't see the foundation after the, the building has been built. But guess what? You can see the effects of if the foundation is on the right thing or the wrong thing, right? Just the same thing in our lives. But the thing is, is that when you're marked, you've got to realize Jesus is the most important foundation. I don't know about you. There's been many times in my life where I was building on the wrong things. Anybody been there? Come on, anybody, everybody awake today? Okay, everybody okay? He's a little quiet in here today. That's okay, we're going to get there, we're going to get there. Anybody ever built on something that like in your own life that you knew was not a good idea? Come on, somebody. I think we've all been there. I've been there. We've all been building on something, but I think it's important that when you're marked, you've got to realize that Jesus is the most important foundation, and Peter acknowledges that. Peter acknowledges, Jesus, you're the Christ. You're the one everybody's been waiting on. You're the one we've been talking about. You're the one we've been praying for. You're the one, anointed one that was sent by God to save all of humanity. So what I want you to see is that this is a crazy confession from my guy named Peter. 
It's a crazy, bold, I'm all in. It's a total trust. It's a total surrender. That was the response that, that Peter, like when he, when he responded to Jesus' question. And what is Jesus' response back to him? Hey, bro, boy. Yeah, attaboy, that's, that's good. That's what, yes, you're exactly right. You are Peter. I'm going to change your name. I'm going to give it a little bit more meaning. And, and this is what I want you to understand. On this rock, somebody say rock. I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not conquer it. Come on, that is good news today for anybody that knows Jesus, that no matter what's coming against you, guess what? God is building, and nothing can stop it. That's the God that we serve. I love that so much. And again, Peter's name, yes, it means rock. Petrus, right? If you go back there and you look at the original language, like, okay, this actually does mean rock, but I want you to understand what I think all of us need to understand is that Jesus is not saying, hey, Peter, we're going to build the church on you. It's not what he's saying. He's not saying, but, but again, I want you do, to understand that after this, Peter goes on to be a leader in the church, right? He's a leader. He like, he's on launch Sunday. He's the preacher. Come on, somebody, right? Like we're a church plan of about four years, right? And I just think about it on launch Sunday of the church after Jesus has uh, resurrected uh, and he goes and ascends to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes. Peter's the guy stepping up and talking to everybody, right? But what I like about it is the fact that what Jesus is saying, listen, hey, Peter, your name's going to be the rock, mean the rock, but I want you to know that there's a greater meaning of what I'm saying. And the fact that, guess what? This idea, the realization and confession that you just had of me being the son of God, that's what I'm going to build my church on. That's what the church is going to be about. And I think so many times in our life, if I'm being really honest, we don't give him our life. We don't give him all of our life, every part of our life, because we fail to realize and recognize who Jesus is. And I just, I just want to take a second and I want to take a minute, and I want to go on a crash course through the titles of Jesus from A to Z to help us with a realization of Jesus is the most important foundation. Are you ready? One minute. You ready? Start the clock. These are the literally the titles of Jesus. He is almighty. He's alpha and omega. He's the author of life. He's the bread from heaven. He's the bread of life. He's the chief shepherd. He's the deliverer. He's Emmanuel. He's faithful and true witness. He's the gate. He's the door. He's the good shepherd. He's the heir of all things. He's the great high priest. He's the holy and true ruin. He's the holy one of Israel. He's the horn of salvation. He's the I am. He's the king of the Jews. He's the lamb of God. He's the last Adam. He's the light of the world. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Come on, if you love Jesus, it's a good time to start being like, thank you, Lord. All right, he's the Lord. He's the Lord of all. He's the Lord of lords and the king of kings. He's the Lord of glory. He is the man of sorrow. He is the master. He is the mediator. He is the Messiah. He is the morning star. He is our Passover lamb. He is the pioneer and Perfector of our faith. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the Rabbi. He's the Resurrection and Life. He's the Righteous One. He's the Ruler of God's creation. He is Savior. He is Son of Man. He is Son of David. He's Son of the Most High. He's the Spiritual Rock. He's the Word. And He is the Way, the Truth, and the Life. Come on, if we're thankful for that name, can we give Him a big shout of praise in this place? You got to realize who Jesus is. Like, listen to me. Just listening through those names. Those are the titles that Jesus carries, 
right? Just listening through those titles that he carries. You may be going through a season of brokenness, a season of darkness, a season of confusion, a season of pain. You may have everything in your life going good right now, but I want you to understand that guess what? You will find out that whatever you are looking for, Jesus is everything that you need and more. Come on, Jesus plus nothing equals everything, and that's what we as a church are going to hang our hat on. So come on, one more time, can we give him a big shout of praise in this place? Come on, I'm not talking about a little golf clap. I'm talking about a big shout of praise in this place. Yeah. Come on, let's realize who Jesus is. Listen, if you want to be marked, if you, if you are marked, you've got to realize Jesus is the only thing worth building on. That Jesus' life and who he is and that statement of, guess what, you are the son of God. Like that's the only thing worth giving my life up for. Right? That's what we got to realize. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. We'll talk about it in a second. And I can't help but think as Jesus is making this statement back to Peter. Listen, Peter, I like that. I love that. Attaboy. Good job. God revealed it to you. Guess what? I, I, I can't help but think that as he's saying about this rock, I can't help but think that Peter's probably in his mind, his little ADHD mind like mine. I'm just taking a little liberty there. Okay? And I don't know if Peter had ADHD, but maybe he did. Okay? But like, if he would just kind of go back a little bit to where Jesus was speaking this great the greatest sermon ever preached and it was the called the sermon on the mount right so as he's talking about this rock i'll build my church i can't help but think that peter's mind probably went back to the last thing that jesus said in the sermon on the mount about building on a solid foundation like i think about it it's in matthew chapter 7 you can go and read over the uh, the, the couple chapters before that jesus's sermon it's a long sermon people are there for a long time but he ends with this idea. And what I want us to see is something I think we can learn from it. And it says this in verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it. Somebody say follows it. Follow. Yeah, you got to follow it. Is what? Wise. Come on, somebody. Anybody want to be wise in the room? Come on, wave at me. Come on. I know we may not be talking a whole lot today out loud, but come on. When we wave at me a little bit, okay? I think we all can agree. We want to be wise. We want to be smart. Like a person who builds a house on solid what? Rock, come on, say it like you mean it, rock. Oh, yeah, yeah, solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the wind beat up against that house, listen to me, it won't collapse. Why? Because it's being built on the bedrock. Because it's built on the rock. But anyone who hears my teaching, Jesus says, and obey, doesn't obey it, is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rain comes and the flood comes and the wind beat up against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And the thing I got to thinking about was Peter's probably thinking as Jesus is saying this, hey, listen, upon this rock I'll build my church. Oh, got to go back to this conversation right here thinking about, hey, if I want my life to last if I want my life to be of something, if I want to make an impact, I got to build it on Jesus. I got to realize that Jesus is the only solid foundation. And then the next thing I think we got to do is when you're marked, obedience is not optional. Okay? I think that's something we got to understand is that obedience is not optional. See, I think so many times... We're looking for this next big opportunity, thinking it's going to come because of somebody I know or the skill set that I have or the experience that I've experienced in my life. But I just believe it's going to be wrapped in obedience. I believe that the next opportunity that God has for you is actually going to be wrapped in how well you and I respond to his word. Are we going to listen to Jesus and do what he says? It's a real simple principle. It's extremely hard to live out. 
And that's what it is. Really simple. Listen to Jesus. Do what he says. That's what obedience is. Right? Obedience is listening to Jesus, doing what he says. I think so many times in our life what we like to do is say, God, I want to obey you, but only if I know all the details. Come on, somebody. Anybody ever had a friend ask them before, hey, listen, anybody ever call you up and say, hey, or text you or something, hey, I need a favor of you? Anybody ever had somebody ask you for a favor? Anybody ever asked you that? How many of y'all like, what is it? (laughs) I'll do it, maybe, (laughs) but what is it, right? Like, come on, how many of y'all know that if somebody asks you to move, you're like, man, I'm busy. I am busy. I don't know. What day did you say? Next year? Yeah, man, I got something on the calendar. I can't be there, you know? Like, I just, I can't be there. Come on, how many of y'all know a lot of times when we're asked to do something, we we want all the details. We want to know everything that's going to go into making that decision. Here's the thing I think about. In the same way, I think a lot of times it's the exact same thing that we do with Jesus. Jesus, as long as we have some details, I'll obey you. Like, as long as it makes sense for me, I'll obey you. As long as it's convenient for me, then I'll obey you. As long as it ain't going to cost me too much, then I'll obey you. As long as I know what's going to happen after, then I'll obey you. And this is what I have. A, this is what I want to just challenge our church with right now. We don't have to understand him completely or listen to this, or like the instruction perfectly in order to obey him immediately. Because here's what I want you to understand. There's things in this right here that offend me, that are challenging to me. There are things as I'm opening God's word and as I'm spending time with him every day and I'm trying to lean into what God is having in my life and for my family and for me. And as I'm reading this, there are some things in there that are hard to obey. There are things like love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Come on, somebody. We want to go deep in church? Guess what? That's deep. That's hard. That's challenging. And I, I'm just going to say, I haven't mastered that yet. And yet when I read something like that, I, I'm thinking, and you know, a lot of times what we do is we're saying, ah, let's forget that for a little bit. Let's not do that. Like I want to pick and choose what I want to obey or what I don't want to obey. And I just got to challenge some of us in the room. When you're marked, when you're called, when you're set apart, when God has a purpose for your life, obedience is not optional. Like we don't just get to pick and choose what we want and don't want to, to believe about God's word. All right, so, so, so my heart is this, is that obedience doesn't require all of the details. Because sometimes by asking for the details, you're ultimately delaying the promise of God that he has on your life. And I think so many of us, the details are only determined by God. But listen, the details of the details are revealed when you're obedient. Does that make sense? I'm going to say it again. The details of the details are revealed whenever you are actually obedient to what God has called you to. And I think so many times in moments of obedience that God is not going to ask you and I to do something extravagant. Right? He's not going to ask you to do something so big and all over the place. No, no, no. It's but small, normal, ordinary, everyday things. And these moments of obedience are what God will use to do something great. I just believe that with all of my heart. Be obedient in the hard. Be obedient in the unknown. Be obedient in the planting season. Be obedient in the harvest season. And watch as the basic makes way for the big. And again, I think so many of us are waiting on the next big thing out there, yet we haven't been obedient with the very thing right in front of us. And I just want to challenge some of us. If we're going to live a marked life, like if you're going to live a life like Peter is, again, what what we just hear A person that listens to my word and what? 
follows it, does it, obeys it. Man, obedience unlocks some things that you and I could never open. And I just want to challenge you with that. The recipe for you and I building on a strong foundation is building on the only thing worthy of being obedient to, and his name is Jesus. And I want to challenge you with that. What basic things in your life, think about it right now, heading into summer. Again, I'm challenging all of us. This isn't a time to slack off, but a time to lean in. Go after God with everything that you've got. What is the basic thing in your life that God has asked you to say yes to that you still haven't said yes to? Where, where do you need to be obedient? Reading your Bible, spending time going after God and praying, tithing, serving, forgiving, leading, ending a relationship that you know is not good for your spiritual walk. Whatever it might be, what are you waiting on? I'm going to challenge you with it. Listen to Jesus, do what he says. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, listen to Jesus, do what he says. Come on, say it like you got a little mean. You ain't got to whisper in this church, okay? Say, hey, listen, listen to Jesus and do what he says, all right? All right, good, good, good. Everybody good? Everybody okay? Everybody good? Everybody okay? All right, here we go. I know that was tough, but man, there's some things God has asked you to do that you still haven't done I don't think he's going to ask you to do something else until you go back to the last thing he asked you to do and be obedient to that. So let's, be, let's choose obedience. Let's do that. The next thing I want you to see is when you're marked, chosen people is your new title. Chosen people is your new title. And I want to kind of weave this thread together of this guy named Peter and this idea and this mentality of rocks that are going on, Right? Because this is actually what Peter writes in the letter that he writes in 1 Peter chapter 2. This is a book of the Bible that Peter writes himself. And he says this, some of this idea about this, this rock and this stone. Listen to him. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone, who is that firm foundation. Come on, somebody, right? Of God's temple. He was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And again, that is why we as a church are going to be loud about the name of Jesus. We're going to honor his name because he's the only one worthy of it. His name is the only one worthy of getting loud for, right? We're going to uh, with great honor. And watch what it says. And you are living what? Come on, say it like you mean it. Some of you are living what? Stones, yeah, that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Jump down to verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare. Right? Why, why are you chosen? Why are you marked? Why are you called? Why are you set apart? You want to know why? This right here. You ready? To declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Is there anybody in the room that can say, you know what? I've been called out of darkness. I was in a dark place of my life. But thank God for the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was in darkness, but now I walk in light. I once was dead, but now I'm alive. Come on, if anybody's thankful for that. Give Jesus a big shout of praise. Man, chosen is your new title. Chosen people. That's because of what Jesus has done. Man, he's given you a new name, a new spirit, a new identity, a new marking. Listen to me. Stop operating in the old one. Stop going back to those things that you used to do before you were chosen, before God had for you. Don't, hey, listen, 
The devil loves to lure people back into old patterns and habits. Listen to me. But God has life and life abundant available for you. Stop walking in your old patterns. Stop walking in the old ways. Because this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. Listen to me. Your new title, your new calling, your new marking, listen, has a purpose. And that is that you may declare with your life the praises of our God who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait until heaven to declare the goodness of God. Right? I don't want to wait till we have no more problems. Like, I think the craziest thing that we get to do here that we won't get to do in heaven, you want to know what it is? Is praise God even in the hurt. We won't be doing that in heaven. We're going to praise him because everything's perfect. But right now in this season, in this walk of life, guess what you and I have a chance to do? Even in the hurt, even in the pain, even in the brokenness, I will declare the praises of our God. I will shout that name. I want to be loud even in a broken world. I want to be a church that's passionate about it. I want to be a man that's not stingy with my words about the praise of the one God that gave his life for me and showed me mercy when I deserve no mercy. And God is going to get my praise. Come on, can we take five seconds and can we give him a big shout of praise and a big hand clap of praise? Is there anybody thankful to be chosen? Is there anybody thankful to be in light because of what Jesus has done? When listen, chosen people is your new title. Listen, my whole purpose in life is to declare the praise of our God. My marriage should declare the praise of our God. Happy anniversary to my wife two days ago, by the way. Hey, hey, all right. All right, how I raised my kids, listen, should be a declaration of praise to God. How I steward the business that you may get a chance to lead or own. It should be a praise to our God. The friendships that we have. The way I do my job. Our church is called to declare the praises of our God. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. And that's what Peter gives us the invitation to when he's saying, You are living stones chosen. That you are set apart. That you are marked for a purpose. And some of you today are so discouraged and looking around at all of your life and your, at the areas of your life, you feel like you fall short and can never measure up and you're thinking about giving up even. But I love that Peter takes a moment to say, if you know Jesus, you are chosen, you are called, you are marked as living stones that God is building into a spiritual temple. And so do not listen to the temporary markings of the world. Listen to what God has to say about you. And the last thing I'm going to land a plane on is this, is when you're marked, keys of the kingdom are yours. The keys of the kingdom are yours. Come on, does anybody see what happened here? Come on, somebody. I worked real hard on that this week. You see what happened there? Like, what else do preachers have to do all week, right? You know, just make a rock acronym. All right, good. But you see that? I want you to see that the keys of the kingdom are yours. What's that mean, Dustin? Right, what Jesus literally says right there, Matthew 16, 19, because of your profession of faith, Peter, listen to me, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Listen to me, does anybody remember 
And if you're over the age of 16, anybody remember getting your first set of car keys? Come on, somebody. Anybody remember that? For some of us, it's been a while. Been a while. But anybody remember that? I, I remember. I went to get my driver's test, and I remember getting my driver's test. The boy hates tests, but I passed it. Thank the Lord. Come on, somebody, right? Passed the test. I remember going home. My dad, like my parents, had said, you know what? We've given you a car, and you had to work for it a little bit, but I'm giving you the keys to 1998 Pontiac Grand Prix. Come on, somebody. You don't even know about a Pontiac Grand Prix. Nobody does anymore. They don't make them. Okay, so just don't make them. But, but I remember getting the keys to my 98 Grand Prix. Boy, nobody could touch me. Come on, somebody, right? Boy, I, it's Hunter Green. I was sticking, literally, I would stick ladders in the back seat, roll the window down, shut the door, and the ladder would stick out the side of the car. Nobody's stopping me. Come on, somebody, right? I didn't have a truck. I needed to do something with a ladder. I'm taking it with me, right? That, I remember that, though. I remember getting those keys for the very first time and thinking, really? Like, legit? I get to drive by myself? I got all this authority? I got all this power of a 98 Grand Prix six-cylinder, right? V6. Well, no, 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 no four-cylinder. No. That'd take you six years to get up. I had a V6. Come on, somebody. About 14 horse, all right? That's all it was. Sunroof. And I remember feeling that feeling whenever I got that, thinking, oh, my gosh. Look at me. Look at what I got. Look at what I get to do now. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to thinking about what Jesus is saying right here, that, that keys, what do they do? They unlock certain things, right? And I think that there's keys in our life that happens, that, that keys that, that even like a car key is giving you authority, and responsibility, right? That's really what a key does. It unlocks authority and it unlocks responsibility. I now have the authority to drive this car legally, okay? Like I can drive this car legally. I got the authority to be on the road, driving on the right-hand side, staying in the speed limit and doing all those things. I got the authority to do that. But I also have the responsibility of I'm driving this car. I have the keys to this car. Holy moly, there's a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a responsibility. And I pray, oh my Lord, I pray when my kids have a car one day, a vehicle. Lord, man, I can't imagine just that, that nervousness, you know, as a parent, giving your keys to your kids. Like, I can't imagine for just a second. Because it's a big responsibility, right? Well, I think sometimes we take it for granted that we could just jump in our vehicle and get going. But there is authority and responsibility when you have keys to something. And I think the same thing happens when the Bible tells us that Jesus gives Peter this the keys to the kingdom. He's telling not just for Peter to have the key, keys to the kingdom. It's the principle behind the keys to the kingdom applied to all believers. Everybody that believes and professes in Jesus, that, that, that authority flows from our understanding and confession of who Jesus is. And I want you to see something. As a follower of Jesus, you and I have been entrusted with the authority to preach the gospel, to speak against the power of the enemy, to live righteously, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to speak life into dark places in the name of Jesus, to bind the forces of darkness and loose the power of God's love and forgiveness. We've been given the authority to pray for the sick, the lost, the hurting. And listen to me, that's a big responsibility. I think about what the Bible says, and our prayer is going to be the same as Jesus's. Our Father who is in heaven, listen, hallowed, honored is your name. Your kingdom come. Not our kingdom. 
Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Right? That's our prayer. But that also is our responsibility. Right? We're not responsible for the, like, like, I want you to understand. You're not responsible for salvation because you can never earn it. Right? You and I can never earn it. You are responsible to respond to what Jesus has done for your salvation. There is a responsibility there. There is a thing. You have to confess your sin to Jesus. Like, you can't earn it. You can't uh, be good enough. You can't come to church enough. You can never do anything that, man, just gets Jesus to love you more. He loves you perfectly. He wants you to give your life. He wants you you to give your life to him. There is that responsibility. But here's also the responsibility that we are entrusted with is to take the name of Jesus and what he's done for us and take it to the ends of the earth. And we've been given that authority and that responsibility. May we be faithful stewards of the keys of the kingdom, using the influence that God has given us to advance God's purposes, to build his church and bring about transformation in Murray, Kentucky and Callaway County. Let us be people who walk out the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where the responsibility is that you and I go and we make disciples of all nations. We baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we don't stop until every person knows their God given a, a purpose in Murray, Kentucky. That's what we're going to be about. I want that to be what you're about with your life. Because when you're marked, you've been given authority and responsibility. And as kingdom key holders, let us realize that our time, our words, our finances, our actions, and the way that we live have the power to impact other people, even for eternity. So there is an authority and a responsibility. So again, the rock is realizing who Jesus is. Y'all mind throwing that up there on the screen real quick, one more time. It's realizing who Jesus is, and he, he is the only foundation. Oh, you found that, Siri. Good. Purpose Church, Murray, Kentucky, non-denominational. Regardless of your past, we want to be a part of your future at Purpose Church. Come on, somebody. Even Siri knows it. All right. I don't really know why to have it. Realize that Jesus is the most important foundation. Obedience is not optional. Chosen people is your new title. And the keys of the kingdom of yours are yours. When you're marked, you're going to live different. When you're marked, you're going to look different. When you're marked, you're going to raise your family different. When you're marked, you're going to give differently. When you're marked, you're going to serve differently. And my heart is just would be that we would have these as the things that we, we lead our life with. Man, and we realize Jesus is the most important. Maybe you've never made Jesus the most important thing in your life. Today's that day. Today is it. And you can be obedient to say, God, I'm going to give you my life today. I'm I'm, I'm going to be obedient to to trust you that you can save me. Because here's what I want us to all understand. And everybody looking at me right now, we've all sinned and we've all messed up. And every one of us that walked in this place today were born into this thing called sin where I didn't have to teach my kids how to sin. They already knew it. (laughs) Like, come on. Just parents of toddlers know what I'm talking about, right? We all are that way. We've all been born, of, born into sin. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. But there had to be a punishment and a payment made for that. So what I want you to understand that the Bible says that because sin has destroyed our relationship with God, that there had to be somebody that came and made a way for us. Well, his name is Jesus. And he made a way for you and I to know him, to have a relationship with God. 
And even while we were still sinning, the Bible says, Christ died for us. So maybe you're here and you have never put your faith in Jesus. You've never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. Today's that day. Now you can bow your heads and close your eyes all across this room. Maybe you're in here. You've never given your heart and life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to just, uh, in obedience to what God has been drawing you into today, that he wants a relationship with you. And maybe you're in here. And you're saying, man, I, I have felt the Holy Spirit drawing me the entire time. And there's something on the inside of my stomach. Man, I've just been in knots. I know he's been speaking to me. And maybe you're in here and you need to give your life to Jesus today. Here's my heart for you. Is that the Bible says that if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. And you'll believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That you will be saved. And the Bible tells us that it's with our mouth that we confess. But it's with our heart that we believe. And so in just a second... I'm going to lead you through just a prayer of confession. But in real, in real life, what I want you to do is, yes, you can say it out loud, but I want you to mean it in your heart. I really want you to say it with your heart. So maybe you're here and you need to give your life to Jesus today. That's you. I would just love it if you would say something like this, but I want you to mean it in your heart. God, I believe that Jesus lived a perfect life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe that Jesus, you went to the grave but then three days later, you got out of the grave, and I put my trust in you. I'm building my life on you. I'm, I'm giving you my life and asking you to be Lord of mine today. And again, I, I don't want you just to say the words, everybody. I want you to mean it in your heart. If you just did that, if you just said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I just want to tell you the angels in heaven are partying. And we as a church, you know what we're going to do in a second? We're going to party as well. Because, man, celebration is our response. That we're going to celebrate God moving in His people. And I love that so much. So maybe you're in here and you say, hey, you know what? I just was obedient to give my life to Jesus. Maybe for some of you that was the next step that you needed to take today. If that's you, would you just do something for me? Would you raise your hand and drop it right back down? You just raise it up in the air. You can drop it right back down. Raise it up in the air and drop it right back down. I see you. Awesome. Anybody else? Say, hey, that's me. Awesome. Well, if that's you, here's what I'm going to tell you. Everybody else with their heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed to receive Jesus, would you mind just lifting your head up here and looking at me? If you don't mind doing that, that'd be awesome. You could just look at me. Nobody's looking around. Maybe you're here and you just prayed to receive Jesus again. We're so proud of you. We're so excited for you. And then I also want to just tell you that we want to know about this decision that you've made. Again, we don't just count hands that go up. We want to have a conversation. We want, to, we want to get to know you. We want to walk alongside of you. That's why we say, hey, we want people to connect to Jesus and help them live on purpose. That's like a, uh, we want to come alongside of you and help you, man, be right there with you as you grow in this walk with Jesus that you just started because of what Jesus has done. We love that so much, and we want to be a part of that. So if you don't mind, that QR code that was in front of you, that we talked about for the first time, folks, that they could scan that as well. That's for you as well. Uh, that's a great way that you can let us know that. Even another way is that actually you can go out uh, to the Connect Corner on your way out and let somebody know today, hey, I just said yes to Jesus. Now what do I do? And it would be the biggest joy of our life today just to be able to walk through that next step with you. So I love that. Purpose Church, can we raise our head? Can we stand to our feet? Can we give God a big shout of praise for salvation being in this room today? Come on. Can we give him a big shout of praise? Not a little golf clap. Come on. Can we thank God for who he really is? I love it. I love it. 
thank you so much again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps out so much. For more content and information, head over to ourpurpose.church. We love you guys and hope you have a great week on purpose.